Indiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on WoWo. So I want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for tuning in and joining us also. If you would like, you can watch the show. So if you get to a point where you can, I don't know, put your phone up in front of you while you're driving down the freeway, you can do that. What, I'm not allowed to tell them? Okay. Um, Amelia says you're not supposed to do that. I don't know something about safety. So if you get to a point where you can safely watch the show, you can go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Uh, we are also on kick.com. So if you have, I don't know, a kid who watches people stream online, but they don't like Twitch, they're probably on kick. So you can log into your kid's account and then go ahead and subscribe to my channel. That'd be great. All right. Um, sorry, Pat is already rolling through the live chat. And I just want you all to know that when I was chatting with, with uh, Pat earlier today for you, whoa, whoa, folks, I had already issued a preemptive. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> The reason I did that is we are officially on day two, and it has already been a week. So we've we've there was there was times. What is it? Thursday, Friday, and yesterday. I think we had sorry Pat moments, and we weren't on Wowo. It's so things have been a little hectic. Just I'm forewarning everybody. I try to give you some kind of an example of what's coming up, just so you can whatever decisions you need to make, and that's that's entirely on you. Uh, we will be making fun of Indianapolis because Democrats in Indianapolis are well stupid. Uh, we will also be talking about a young woman who says that she was brainwashed by TikTok to swap genders. We'll get into that. And we've got another young woman who is kicked out of the YMCA because, God forbid, she doesn't want uh, grown men swinging their diddles in front of her. And we have the environmentals coming after your tires and your brakes, probably because they want you to die. And we'll get to that in, in tons more. Real quick, though, can you cue my audio, Amelia? I, I want to play this because this is... Again, just a great summary of the Biden administration and the whole Ukraine policy in general. So this is a State Department spokesperson. This is Miller. Uh, his name is Matt Miller. And he gave a press conference about Ukraine. And just have a listen. A, a few things. So I will say, uh, with respect to your first question, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Yep. Uh, the secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, what's that? Okay, now they're correcting him and they're going, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't mean a strategic failure for Ukraine. You mean a strategic failure for Russia, right? And he goes, oh, yes, my mistake. And then he continues. Sorry, excuse me, a strategic failure for, for Ukraine. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you for the correction. Um, uh, which is, oh, I, I, I need more than one cor correction today. A strategic, this is the first time at the podium for, for a week. I'm a he took a week off, Amelia. He took a week off, and he can't give you the... Uh, actually, he gave you a really decent assessment, okay? Things have sucked for Ukraine. They haven't been great for Russia either. All around, this is a pretty disastrous conflict for everybody involved. That includes us, for the record. So this is a... Yeah, this is, again, just a, a fundamental... Thank you, John. Getting um, get my marching orders here on how not to screw things up for all of you. This is a fundamental... It's an accurate assessment. We just told you yesterday, the... Ukrainian offensive has stalled. It has been a disaster. It was always an uphill battle, and it, it just it hasn't worked. And we're back to right where I told you we were going to be. We're going to sit, you know, this thing, they're going to go back and forth in very, very small plots of land, and eventually we're going to settle into trench-type warfare, which is exactly what's going on. And uh, literal and figurative trenches, by the way. The advanced Leopard 2 tanks that were shipped over to... Uh, to Ukraine from Germany have been captured by the Russians. They're now picking those things apart. They're going to leap forward in, in technological advancement for their armored corps, which is generations behind us. It's been a mess. 
It's been an absolute mess. Now, beyond that, yesterday, I told you that I, I actually, even though this has been something we talked about quite a bit on the show, I broke down why I still think Zelensky is going to turn into an adversary of this country. You cannot allow Ukraine to join NATO if you're the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, and the United Kingdom. You can't allow it. Now, some of you, and I don't know how deep any of this happens in the coverage on, on WoWo, so... If you're a little behind and confused, I apologize. You can't allow Ukraine to join NATO because Ukraine has been exploited by Western politicians for money laundering for decades now. And the moment you become a member nation of NATO, that type of behavior is going to have to stop. There's a whole different set of rules when you are a member of NATO. And I've already explained to you that Zelensky has been very vocal and public about his anger towards the West, particularly the United States and the United Kingdom, for stringing him along on NATO membership. You know, about a year ago, he lashed out at Joe Biden on national television in Ukraine that the West was basically deceiving him and giving him false promises about NATO membership. Now, for the record, I don't think that Ukraine belongs in NATO, and you certainly don't bring Ukraine into NATO in the middle of a conflict because NATO is a military strategic defense alliance. Any member who's attacked incurs the protection of all of the other members. So it would mean that either the conflict with Ukraine would stop immediately or Russia and NATO are now at war, which means you and I are at war. Open war, not proxy war like we're dealing with right now. So you can't let Ukraine into NATO, but they're continuing to string him along and he's feeling betrayed because he has been betrayed by the West. Now, Zelensky was elected as the guy who was going to stop the money laundering operations that Western politicians were doing in Ukraine. He was going to stop the corruption. That's why he ran. That's why he got elected. Russia invades, and Zelensky has no choice but to accept all of that behavior again because he's reliant upon the West for his own national defense. Without the West, Ukraine would have already collapsed. Ukraine would have collapsed in about a week if it were not for Elon Musk. So now, you've got Zelensky, who's been fuming for all this time, who has now become a tyrant in his own country. And if you don't think that he's a tyrant, he's a tyrant in his own country. And I'm sorry, you don't get to excuse it by going, well, the Russians invaded, so we're going to excuse him being a tyrant. No, he's doing all of the exact same things that Vladimir Putin is doing, sometimes doing them worse. And while we write articles about how bad Vladimir Putin is for throwing people in jail because they, they don't like the war in Ukraine. We don't do any stories about Zelensky doing the exact same thing. I mean, he's shut down churches. He's thrown he's thrown priests into, into prison. He has mandated military service. He has refused to allow people to flee the country. He's forced them into conscription. He's done all sorts of stuff. He's, he's eliminated elections, rival political parties, and everything else. Now, if you want to excuse that, that's fine. But you're not adhering to an American set of values. And there isn't any amount of justification or mental gymnastics that you can do that excuses that type of behavior. This all, well, it wouldn't happen if it weren't for the Russians. Maybe not. Maybe the Biden family wouldn't be getting rich off of exploiting Ukrainians if it weren't for the Russian invasion either. But it happened. And so there's a certain set of rules that have to be abide by. And, and Zelensky hasn't done that. And I see Zelensky, I see him rising as a... Uh, we'll call it a dark force, if you will. I don't necessarily think that he'll be an enemy, but he's not going to be friendly. He'll be hostile. He'll be hostile to Russia. He'll be hostile to the West. And this this latest endeavor in NATO is just making this thing that much worse. We told you yesterday that Biden made it very vocal that he doesn't want Ukraine in NATO. Well, why has Biden been dangling NATO membership in front of Zelensky's face for the past couple of years? We know the reason why. But once again, yesterday, Biden made it very vocally known that he does not support Ukrainian membership. 
into NATO, and NATO denied membership today. And guess what? Zelensky is, well, uh, it, it, the word starts with a P. He's very angry. Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky is not being shy about his dissatisfaction over his country currently being denied NATO membership, taking to social media to express his outrage. Ukraine will be present at the NATO summit taking place Tuesday and Wednesday in Lithuania, but Zelensky lamented that the alliance continues to keep his country from joining. Quote, it's unprecedented and absurd when a time frame is not set neither for the invitation nor for Ukraine's membership, while at the same time, vague wording about, quote, conditions is added even for inviting Ukraine. Now, he posted this on Twitter, by the way. He also said that the International Alliance was, quote, disrespecting his country and was subsequently motivating Russia in the process. But again, he's in he's in a rock and a hard place. He's got Russia over here inside his borders. He is completely reliant upon the West for, for continuing to prevent Russia from taking over his country. And at the same time, the West is not interested in providing long-term protection for Ukraine because, well, frankly, the West is exploiting Ukraine. There's a reason that members of Ukraine's parliament prior to the invasion and their version of an attorney general wanted to come to the United States and present a case to Congress that the Biden family, that uh, Perkins Coy, which is the Democrat Party law firm, and several pro- uh, prominent Democrats were m- laundering money through their country and stealing millions and millions of dollars every year from the Ukrainian people. And they were never allowed to present that case. And suddenly there's a conflict in Ukraine, and Ukraine has no leg to stand on because they are completely and totally reliant upon Biden and everybody else. So they've bought Zelensky's silence for now. Because he has no choice. What happens What happens when he no longer needs the West? What happens when the conflict is over? You know, there are very few things that will turn somebody against you quicker than lying to them. And Zelensky has been lied to repeatedly by the West over and over and over again. And you, are, you might as well just pick up a dog turd and smear it in this guy's face by sitting there and going, Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, no, Ukraine, you can't you can't come into NATO. I know that we've been telling you for a couple of years you can come into NATO and we'll fast track it, but you can't come into NATO. By the way, welcome Finland. You're just you're rubbing you're rubbing a mud pie right in his face. How do you expect the guy to react? Now, so far he's been measured in his response, even though he's been angry. He'll say things like, We value our allies because he has to play the game. But I'm telling you that this guy is not going to be a long term friend of this country. And it's it's not necessarily going to be his fault. Furthermore, On a moral stance, we are playing chess with the Ukrainian people's lives. Not you, me, but as a country. Need I remind everybody that there was a peace deal that was agreed upon by Russia and Ukraine, and the UK and the United States canceled it. How many more people have died since? Uh, latest report is what 50,000 Russians have died in the conflict. Estimates are higher for Ukrainians, and it's there's no end in sight. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and the all-new MNC Nation. Of course, 1190 Wobo, 107.5 FM. Nope, I got that wrong. What is it, 92.3 FM? Sorry. Old habits, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize. Cover for Pat Miller today. More coming up. Yeah, Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC, the all-new MNC Nation, and covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. You know, might as well have Casey read off all five radio stations that he's on today. It's might as well bet. It's not like we don't make it easy on me or anything like that. Uh, what else do we have here? <laughs> we were just talking about something yesterday. So there's the possibility of um, a trip coming up, and I was just getting some input from some people. And Iceland um, came up. 
And so we're talking about a possible trip to Iceland yesterday. And then, oh, look today. And there's a volcano blowing up in Iceland. And people are like, yeah, Scotland's looking better right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. I think the, the volcano sounds fun, but that's just me. So there is a TikTok trend and... It has so far claimed the lives of four people. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the concept that um, water can be hard. Whether you're jumping from a very high altitude. You know exactly what trend we're talking about, don't you? Amelia starts laughing hysterically at the death of people. No. So we we you jump off of a high altitude and you can hit water and it's it's like hitting concrete. That applies for speed, too. You know, there's this weird activity that you can see where people actually are able to stand on water at high speeds. They're holding onto a rope. You, you ever seen that, Amelia? It's, you don't fall through the water at high speeds. It's almost like the water becomes, you know, solid. So TikTok trend decided to go ahead and, and tell people because why not? The internet tells you to do something. You might as well do it. Just go ahead and get on a speedboat, go full throttle, and then jump off of the back of a speedboat. It's just water, right? Not when it breaks your neck and it has killed four people. So if you have somebody maybe in your car or in your peripheral right now who watches TikTok and maybe you have access to a boat or they're telling you right now, oh, hey, we're planning a, you know, a lake or a river trip on a boat this weekend, maybe remind them not to jump off of a boat at high speed because they could die. At least four people, including a father. Oh, a grown man, Amelia. A grown man did not understand this very simple and basic concept. I am, I'm sorry, I'm in a mood this week. Have died in recent months following a new and deadly TikTok trend according to Alabama authorities. Now, don't discount this just because we're talking about Alabama. It can happen to you, too. Alabama water is not different than our water. The thrill-seekers jumped or flipped off of the backs of speedboats. I like how they say speeding boats, but they're speedboats. Only <laughs> the New York Post, what do they know? Only to break their necks on the wake and drown. According to Captain Jim Dennis of the Shildersburg Rescue Squad, last six months we had four drownings that were easily avoidable. They were doing a TikTok challenge. Now keep in mind, this is like one guy in his area talking about four people dying in that one area. Who knows how many people have died from this thing nationwide. Uh, internationally, we don't really care, but nationwide we do. It's where you get in a boat going at a high rate of speed. You jump off the side of the boat. Don't dive. You're jumping off feet first and you just kind of lean into the water because again somebody told him if you go feet first you won't get hurt amelia you, you ever seen somebody at a high rate of speed finally lose that that little surface glide that they got going watch how fast they get whipped face first right into that water so don't do this this is this is no bueno mnc news time is 3 30 time to check out impress jewelry creations creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime please trust your home to the b casey hendrickson Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, the all-new MNC Nation, and covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM in the Fort Wayne listening audience. Every Tuesday, for those of you in Fort Wayne, every Tuesday we do a little bit with Pastor Lucas Miles, um, who has, he's had a TV show on uh, Epoch TV, uh, nationally recognized, and he has the American Pastor Project as well as a best-selling author and Pastor Lucas Miles is joining us for our Tuesday Tithe. Pastor Miles, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. It's a good day. Yeah, it is a it is a good day, but we got some weird stuff out there. I just Let's just start with the thing that I sent you earlier this week. Uh, we found the bishop for the Church of England who says the Lord's Prayer is problematic. It's not inclusive enough. And 
did, did we just have a Jeopardy thing happen where no none of the contestants on Jeopardy knew the Lord's Prayer? And so there was a there's backlash on all of this, and it just I, I well maybe maybe the Lord's prayer doesn't mean anything anymore, Pastor, because we got to change it, right? Look, you know you can't even make up these headlines. You, you it sounds like a Babylon B you know story uh, yeah. that the Lord's prayer is part of the patriarchy and you know not inclusive enough for uh, uh, and this isn't just like you know you might expect this from the feminist studies program at at some leftist university. This is coming from a clergy member. This is coming from a, a church leader. This is, uh, this is where this stuff starts getting really disturbing. You know, we start hearing reports like this. Um, look, the, the idea um, that somehow God being our Father is, you know, triggering to people because they might have had a bad experience with their father, I mean, this just really becomes, you know, kind of asinine. I mean, I, I know people who have drowned before. I still drink water. Uh, you know, I still hydrate myself. I'm not afraid to, you know, have a glass of water. Why? Because I realize that it's a beneficial thing and that you have extreme circumstances, and I want to be compassionate towards those things. I mean, look, people go through terrible things in this life. God's never promised us that, you know, that there won't be any suffering or pain out there. Uh, but this idea that we're just going to deconstruct every single thing that we've ever held to that's true, the Bible's very clear. It refers to, you know, God as Father. It refers to Him as Him. You know, look, we are made in his image. He's not made in our image. Um, this doesn't mean that women are second-class citizens, or nor should they be second-class citizens in the church. This is simply how Scripture refers to the Lord, and I believe it would be you know, sacrilegious and really heretical you know, for us to suggest anything otherwise than what Scripture presents. Yeah, and just to kind of really drive home the point that Pastor Miles was saying that this is a leader in the church. This is the Archbishop of York in the Church of England. Like, this isn't some lower-rung individual. This is the Archbishop of York um, who is saying this. And yet, this is almost... This is almost more cringeworthy than on Father's Day, all of the single moms going out there and going, no, you celebrate me. I'm your dad today. No, that's, that's not really how this works. Um, the other thing that I ran you know, into... Yeah, you, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you, know, you have similar things with people calling the Holy Spirit she. Uh, this was yeah. kind of a big movement. There's a split off in the Methodist Church that's re- that started referring to the Holy Spirit as she. You know, again, these are, these are you know, all this is is cultural Marxism being placed on top of Christianity. They're using Christianity as a disguise you know, for this Marxist agenda, trying to confuse people, trying to separate the church, divide people. Uh, and, and, you know, people need to really wake up and see it for what it is. You know, you just mentioned the Methodist Church uh, earlier last week, I think it was. We, we talked about the United Methodist Church. The United Methodist Church, since 2019, Pastor Miles, has lost one in five congregations. They lost 20% of their congregations. They, they have literally lost them to the tune of almost 6,200 congregations have received approval to disaffiliate since 2019, and they are now moving to the, uh, what is the name of the, uh, the other one? It, it, Global Methodist. That's uh, correct, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, so, th- so they're I, leaving. Talk- yeah, they're leaving the United Methodist part. And they're going to the Global Methodist part. I mean, what do you make of that? You know, I've talked to a few people over at the Global uh, Global Methodist uh, movement, and 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 I think there's some good guys over there. I don't know these guys super well, uh, but from what I can tell, is they're really trying to bring the church back to more of a historic form of of Methodism and Christianity. I'm not a Methodist myself, uh, but I'll tell you what, I have a lot of Methodists in my church who are finding safe haven. Uh, from woke Methodist churches here in the Michiana area. 
Uh, this is something that this isn't just in, you know, this isn't just in New York or L.A. or, you know, San Francisco. This is happening close to home. You know, when you have that many 6,500 congregations or whatever that, that number was, you know, this is this is a national, you know, uh, uh, really, you know, crisis within this denomination. And, and you know, this is I think similar denominations are experiencing, you know, uh, kind of similar events. Um, but look, it, it, it is uh, that we I could think of several Methodist churches in this area that have gone this direction. They've gone woke. Uh, and oftentimes the people that are attending, they don't necessarily even know it or their Christianity is not uh, maybe, you know, developed enough that they even recognize the danger of this. I mean, there are major Methodist churches in our community that are, are starting to propose some of these same ideas. And I think that, uh, you know, people really need to take a look at where they're worshiping. I never encourage people to leave a church, you know, like just, you know, hastily that we just rush out the door because one thing offended you. Ask the questions. Go, you know, talk to your pastor. Have the sit-down meeting, not yelling at him. But, hey, tell me where you stand on this whole gender, you know, debate. Where do you stand on the sexuality conversation? Where do you stand on abortion? Where do you stand, you know, and, and if you start hearing answers that sound more like a, a Biden, you know, press, uh, uh, you know, conference than, than what, you know, should be coming out of uh, a, a man of the cloth or, or uh, you know, anybody with a biblical worldview— it is time to find a new church. So, Pastor Miles, how do people do that? I mean, you have a resource. I've talked about the American Pastor Project. You and I have talked about it many times before. There's, you know, a whole new audience in Indianapolis and Fort Wayne and surrounding areas who are listening to us today. Yeah. How, you know, maybe they're they're seeing this in their church. How do they find a church that's going to just teach them the Word of God and, and not try and proselytize social justice to them? Yeah, you know, so we have a, we have a website called AmericanPastorProject.org that you can go to. There's a church locator. We're adding new churches on this, like, literally almost every day right now. We have about 400 pastors that have signed our, our statement of committing to biblical orthodoxy and rejecting wokeism from the pulpit. Uh, there's actually, you know, there's, and there's a lot of great churches in our state. You know, there's, there are good churches in these areas. I'm probably not up on the Fort Wayne areas. I am in Indianapolis, uh, but uh, I got a friend Micah Beckwith, who's a pastor down in the Noblesville area. You know, he's his church is great. They have multiple campuses there. Uh, definitely worth checking out. I think uh, you know, I uh, got another friend Dave Summerall who's down there um, uh, with I Town Church that I think is doing some great stuff in the in the kind of Indy Fishers Noblesville area. You know, so look, if you're in the South Bend area, of course, we'd love to have you come check us out on a Sunday where our services are at 10 o'clock at uh, Influence Church. If you've been in this area for a long time, it's the old Harris Prairie building, and then it was North Point Vineyard. But, you know, get on our website, American Pastor Project. Look for a church near you if you're in that Fort Wayne market. I'm not sure if we've added any there directly yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig into that. Maybe I can bring that answer back next week. Uh, we can share with the audience on Tuesday. And uh, uh, But you can also reach out to us. Head, head over to lucasmiles.org. Reach out to one of my team. Hit us up on Facebook, and we will do whatever we can, no matter where you're listening from to help you find a good, solid church in your area. Yeah, and this woke invasion of church has been well-documented by by Lucas many, many times. You've written several books on it. Your latest book, Woke Jesus. Tell people about it real quick. Yeah, it's a number one uh, Amazon uh, bestseller in several categories. Uh, very, It's only been out about a month. It's doing quite well. Uh, endorsed by a lot of names that the listening audience would uh, know and love in the conservative and faith-based uh, world. Uh, and it's really the you know what what I'm calling kind of the definitive resource on understanding wokeism, uh, the history, the modern implications of it, and really how it's affected the church and what we can do about it as believers. And I'll tell you, look, there's there's a lot of bad news stories out there, but I'm sitting here optimistic about the future. That you know, although there are certainly you know these individuals' battles that are lost, uh, we know that God wins the war in the end uh, for truth. And ultimately, I believe that the church this can be its greatest hour if it really stands up and, and does what it's supposed to today. 
Pastor Lucas Miles, thank you for the time. By the way, great article on you in Christian Post. I um, just uh, got a chance oh, to read that you. over the weekend. Thank you for, for uh, lending your voice to that publication as well. And I'll include that in the Daily Show prep so people who might not know who you are can read up on you. Um, but I just wanted to congratulate you on that. So thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate, appreciate that. it. Thanks, Casey, as always. All right, take care. And again, lucasmiles.org. To learn more, his church in this area is in Granger. It's Influence Church. Starts with an N, Influence Church. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, the MNC Nation, and of course, covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and the all new MNC Nation. We also are filling in for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Casey the Host. I am back on Twitter. I lost all my followers, though. So that's what happens when you get banned in 2016. You try to come back to Twitter, all of your followers are gone. I wasn't the only one that that happened to. That happened to a bunch of people who were banned years ago. Some people who had recent bans got to keep their followers. That didn't happen to me. So I have to start over from scratch. So if you are on Twitter, make sure you hit, uh, hit subs- well, not follow, but yeah. So follow me on Twitter. Sorry, I'm trying to go back and forth between subscribe and, and follow and all that stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Casey the Host. I am on threads. If you are already on threads, you can follow me at Casey the host as well. If you are not on threads, I don't recommend you get on threads. I'm sorry, but threads is is dog crap right now. It's terrible. It's awful. It's boring. There's not a hundred million people on that thing. Not any way, shape or form. They are constantly trying to shove AOC down your throat, which I'm assuming it's because Mark Zuckerberg has a thing for her and wants to sleep with her. That's what I'm assuming. And if you get the joke, you get the joke, but I'm also kind of serious about that. Disney World. Well, it's empty. People who are going to Disney World notice that like there's nobody there. Uh, Folks, it's the middle of summer. Am I right? It's the middle of summer, right? It's July. People are supposed to be at Disney World right now. This is supposed to be a bad time to go to Disney World because it is jam-packed full of tourists and awful people with baby strollers and everything else. Uh, Baby strollers at Disney, that's a a thing with me. Sorry, it's a trigger point. Um, this This is not good. Now, they just shut down their whole Star Wars thing because, shocker, people don't want to spend $6,000 to spend two days in a Star Wars-themed hotel. And Disney is... I'm looking at the pictures of this thing. There's nobody there. Like, on the main drag at Disney World, there's just nobody that's that's around. It's it's kind of bizarre. And I look, I don't know if this is just a rebellion or a revolt against Disney. I don't know. For the record, I think this is sad. Because I don't want an American institution like Disney to go away because some crazy leftist decided to go full pedo and try to groom your kids. I hate the idea of Disney folding or vanishing from our society simply because of a bunch of crazed leftists. I hate that idea because I love Disney. Um, Disney World Orlando is suffering uh, as people posting pictures. Nearly mid-July, schools are out, families are on vacation, the streets at Disney are just about empty. I've have you ever had one of those passes where you get into like Disneyland or something like that early before the general public does, and so you're there like you get to go to the shops early and that sort of thing, and there's almost nobody there. I've had those. There were more people when I was there at that time than I'm seeing in these pictures. And there's different dates on this, okay? So this isn't like everybody or one person posting from one thing. This is a 10-year low so far on the 4th of July, according to Disney World's official statistics, a 10-year low. So it's the least amount of people just on the 4th of July in a decade. They are now discounting Christmas hotel rooms as attendance collapses at their parks. 
This is Clay Travis, by the way. Uh, Combine this with ESPN disaster and movies losing money like crazy, and it's now clear that Disney is getting Bud Lighted. And you look, you have to you have to ask a couple of questions, right? Is the economy the reason that Disney is suffering right now? People just aren't spending their money on on uh, Disney vacations and things like that. That's a hard pill to swallow because Disney does well even in downed economies and they're not doing very well now you look at disney shelving a movie about child trafficking for over five years that movie finally gets released and it wallops the biggest disney movie in the theaters right now which is indiana jones which is also uh from what i understand pretty trashy by all sides the left hates it the right hates it everybody's just kind of upset that indiana jones is going out on a bad note so this is um, this is not good. It's not. I mean, on one hand, it's good that you're making your voices heard. On the other hand, I think it's going to be a very, very sad day if the day comes that we lose Disney. And I, I hope that it doesn't come. I hope that it's turned around. I have faith that it'll turn around, but it doesn't look good. That's for sure. All right, we got a lot more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Again, the MNC Nation as well as 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa. You can go to rumble.com slash Casey the host hit that subscribe button really important please hit that thumbs up too I would really appreciate it you can also follow on kick.com at Casey the host if you prefer that platform got more coming up next from the B window studios 40 years and 80,000 families trust your home to the B Casey Hendrickson afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, the all-new MNC Nation, and covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM on WoWo. All right. Wired Magazine has come up with a new thing that you're a racist for, which is always good. So, you know, that they keep having to come up with new things means that there really isn't that much actual racism out there. The fact that they have to keep digging for it. You remember when racism was overt and you didn't have to, you didn't have to go looking for it? You didn't have to pick up rocks and trash and things like that just to try and find a little racism remnant underneath it. It used to be pretty uh, pretty blatant, and now we have to go on the hunt just trying to find the stuff. And when we don't find it, well, we just make it up. So Wired Magazine, there is no evidence that more video surveillance footage keeps communities safer. Instead, neighbor uh, neighbors increases. Instead, neighbors Increase okay. Wired magazine needs to have better hiring and editing practices. I'm that's a direct quote. Neighbors increases the possibility of racial profiling. What instead, neighbors increases the possibility of racial profiling. Like, obviously, neighbors is not the correct word. I'm assuming they meant cameras. <laughs> cameras increases the possibility of racial profiling. Now, how does your camera increase the possibility of racial profiling? That's a great question because what does your camera inherently do? It just sits there, right? It just records everybody who comes within the, uh, you know, the whole little like drawn out. My thing has a whole thing I can draw out on on where it will pick up the footage. And whether it's a delivery person, whether it's a dog, a, you know, some kind of a, a fly or something like that that gets too close to the lens or, or a vehicle driving by or something of that nature, it just inherently records all of that stuff based on motion and sound. So anyway, this is what Wired says. It makes it easier for both private citizens and law enforcement agencies to target certain groups for suspicion of crime based on skin color, ethnicity, religion, or country of origin. How does a security camera target a religion or a country of origin? Asking for a friend. I need to know if my security cameras are racist because uh, all they have on them are Antifa throwing rocks at my kids. So that's that's pretty much all they white Antifa 
pasty white Antifa. Yes, that's happened. Pasty white Antifa. It's weird um, that some lady who was harassing me online about it was like, how do you know it's Antifa? I'm like, because I have cameras, you idiot. It's funny how it stopped after that, don't you think? Kind of strange how it stopped after that. Now you got that other Antifa lady who desperately wants me to take her out on a date, who is constantly uh, garbage posting online, but she never tags me in any of us. I wonder why, wonder why she doesn't tag me. So how does your security camera increase suspicion based on ethnicity, religion, or country of origin? I mean, maybe the skin color thing. Can you program your security cameras to only record a certain skin color? Think of the advertising campaign that you could launch around that. Only target certain color people. That would be an interesting sell. So people are, of course, dragging Wired Magazine on this. <laughs> Home security is racist. <laughs> uh, let's see. NotTheBee.com says, yes, it would be evil if you learn that, say, young black males commit a massive percentage of crime compared to the rest of the American population. How dare you? What are you going to believe? The writers of tech magazines or those lying FBI stats and video evidence from every house across the nation? Isn't the point of having a security camera so you don't jump to conclusions about which people were harassing your, your property? Isn't that kind of the point? Okay, let's just say you live in a white upper middle class neighborhood and there is one black family on the block. Let's just say, all right, do you think that there is a possibility? And we'll say that the black family is new to the neighborhood. All right, we're going to line up every possible scenario to disadvantage this black family in this scenario here. Okay, so you live in an upper middle class white neighborhood. There is a brand new black family that has just moved in. Next thing you know, somebody breaks into your car and it's in your driveway. What do you think the average person might believe in that neighborhood? You think maybe there'd be some suspicion that the new black family that moved in might be responsible for that? You know what alleviates that question? Looking at your camera and finding out it's little Timmy from across the street instead. See, the security camera could actually take away from any perceived bias or discrimination. Uh, somebody named John Piquette, he calls himself a coffee expert. I'll be the judge of that. And I thought video surveillance might help catch criminals in a given area or neighborhood. I must be wrong about that. You were. You were. You're 100% wrong about that. Yes. Wired is also concerned that private owners are able to forward video footage of their own free will to the police. What? How dare they? So this is from the article. This is a feature unique to Ring. Even next door removed its forward to police feature in 2020 which allowed next door users to forward their own safety posts to local law enforcement agencies if a crime has been committed law enforcement should obtain a warrant to access civilian video footage okay um i firmly believe in the whole come back when you have a warrant mentality however when you voluntarily offer the information to law enforcement because you're the victim they don't need a dang warrant that is one is this some 16 year old intern dweebus who i don't know did somebody call in sick and they're like hey let the 16 year old write an art i don't mean to denigrate 16 year olds because frankly 16 year olds understand this technology better this is probably a 70... No, because if I say 70-year-old, they're going to get mad at me too. It doesn't matter what I do, right? Just say 21. Everybody hates people who are 21. Okay. Let's just say it's a 21-year-old who's never had a speck of technology in their entire life. They were just an intern there, right? All they're there to do is look nice, maybe answer the phones, whatever. And they're like, hey, yo, um, one of our grade A writers is called in sick. Can you, an inexperienced 21-year-old, write an article about a technology that you have know nothing about? Make sure you put a bunch of legal stuff in there too. Because you're 21, we just assume that you're a lawyer. And then they wrote this. A warrant? 
to get your own security camera footage? Did, did anybody even in the editing room stop and think about how stupid that statement really is? No, of course they didn't. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made it to publish. But they did. They published it. Do you imagine if this is the mentality of everybody with a dash cam? <laughs> Uh, officer, I'm the victim here. This guy cut me off. I have the dash cam right there. No, 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 don't give me that evidence. I have to get a warrant first, but I'm the victim and I'm offering it. No, 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 you can't do that. You got to get Wired Magazine says I have to get a warrant first. Okay, you're not allowed as the victim to offer me evidence of the crime against you so that I can catch the bad guys and regain your property. (laughs) This is such a stupid thing. Does Wired Magazine hate the fact that Teslas record all around the vehicle at all times? And that you can share that footage on the internet whenever you want. So somebody vandalizes your car, you can do that. They really hate that technology. I, I Something tells me that Wired Magazine at some point wrote an article celebrating that feature on a Tesla. I, folks, I wish, I wish, I wish I had an explanation, but I don't. My only explanation is Idiocracy is a documentary and we are breeding ourselves into stupidity. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, we occasionally end up with products that can be dangerous to you or to society in general, which we believe uh, to be the case with Amazon own ring and its relationship with law enforcement. Now, for the record, okay, I have talked about this. There are municipalities. South Bend is kind of moving in this direction right now. I don't know about Fort Wayne and the surrounding areas, but There are municipalities that local police departments, they do want access to your security cameras if you have a security camera. Now, these these programs always start off as voluntary. So if you have a business or a house and you put up security cameras or something like that, generally what happens when there's an investigation of a crime is the police will look around and see if anybody has any surveillance cameras that might have picked up whatever transpired. And then they will go knock on the door and politely ask if they can have the footage. And you can either say yes or no, and if you say no, then they can come back with a warrant and, and actually get the uh, get the footage. But most people are happy to help out their neighbors and offer that footage to law enforcement. But now what's happening is um, it's become a voluntary thing initially where you register your cameras with the police department. So if you buy security cameras, you contact your local police department, and now they're in the system. You're in the system, I should say, as an asset for any crimes that happen in that area. And then they can go ahead and access your cameras remotely. So you provide a remote login for law enforcement. What happens in some places, though, and this happened in a couple of cities in Michigan a few years back, when the number of people who voluntarily enroll in the program is not to the satisfaction of local government, They then make it compulsory. So if you have a security camera, you're now required to register your security cameras and give police access to your cameras whenever they want. And we've seen that transpire a couple of times, and that is where you should be scared. Plus, you have Amazon and these other companies which will randomly spy on you. That is certainly a concern. And if you're going to write an article about the dangers of these types of devices, write an article about, frankly, the policies behind the companies that make them and how they tend to turn these products against their owners. That's the articles that should be written. This idea that somehow you need a warrant to give the police your own footage it's one of the most asinine things that I've ever heard. Uh, but then, you know, the idea that somehow this is discriminatory when you have an actual video of the crime and who the suspect is just doesn't make any sense.
Now, somebody uh, previously on kick, I, I had my screen kind of like split down the middle because I had my call screener up, and they had um, it was going back to the the Lord's Prayer thing when you had Pastor Lucas Miles on, and they were saying, you know, I, I don't know the Lord's Prayer. I'm 30. I'm just not religious. Why isn't that okay? Perfectly fine. Uh, nobody was denigrating you. Again, it was more a point to the the fact that we were dealing with. Jeopardy contestants and it was a fill in the blank and it was like the start of the prayer and so people are like wow holy smokes they couldn't even fumble their way through that and these are supposed to be like super smart people it was purely about that angle of it um, I, th- I think that there's probably a lot of people who can't recite the Lord's Prayer I don't think that that's an issue necessarily uh, but it was just more that it was a Jeopardy thing so unless you are one of the Jeopardy contestants and I don't think uh, anybody is concerned at all that you don't know the Lord's Prayer alright what else do we have here uh, first of all you can watch the show on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. You can please hit the subscribe button if you're new there. Hit the thumbs up button while you're there as well. That helps us get pushed up on the homepage of Rumble. Rumble's been adding a ton of new talent over there with a lot of really high profile uh, signings over at Rumble as they quickly and easily become the best competitor to YouTube. And I've been a live streamer on Rumble since they launched their live streaming. I was one of the beta streamers on there and it has it has been a great platform for us. And after a lot of nomadic uh, getting kicked off of this platform, getting kicked off of that platform, it was nice to be able to find a platform that we were allowed to say what we needed to say. Uh, what else do we have? So, all right. Yes, we will get into we will get into the whole YMCA thing here in in a little bit. The YMCA thing is crazy. Uh, we'll probably do that here at the the other side of the news that's coming up. So environmentalists are coming after your tires and your brakes. Uh, for decades, scientists and health officials have warned drivers of the harmful pollutants coming from tailpipes. But as car exhaust systems have become cleaner, we need a new boogeyman. And pollution linked to heart and lung disease has increased from a different source, tires and brakes. See, they tell you that it's heart and lung disease that's caused by your exhaust system. So you clean up your exhaust system, heart and lung disease cases don't go down. And they go, well, it's your tires and brakes now. It's kind of like when they lied to you about secondhand smoke, even though all of the research clearly shows that there's no correlation with secondhand smoke and lung cancer. So when the data showed that when people smoked less, there was no decrease in lung cancer, what did they come up with? Radon. And after radon is gone, they'll come up with something else as well. All right, we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, the all-new MNC Nation, 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa. But right now it is 429. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. There's an 80,000 families. Trust your home to the B. Casey Hendrickson. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And the all-new MNC Nation. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today. If you're listening in Fort Wayne, we're on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM WoWo. I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, Once again, the live stream is up as well. If you would like to watch a video of what's happening in the studio, you can watch uh, Amelia and I yelling at each other and things like that during the commercial breaks. Although, we tend to get along a little bit better than uh, than John and I do, but people do tune in when John's filling out the board because we tend to yell at each other. Um, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. And again, this is free. I still keep getting this question. Rumble's totally free. It is exactly like YouTube, guys. Only free speech. 
So if you like stupid cat videos, they're on Rumble. If you like DIY construction videos, they're on Rumble. You watch people play video games, they're on Rumble. You watch political content, they're on Rumble, but they're not censored. So again, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, hit that subscribe button and follow us. Well, we talked about the TikTok challenge at the beginning of the show today. There's a viral TikTok challenge that has people jumping off of boats at high speed. It has claimed the lives of at least four people in Alabama. This is a this is a problem, okay? You're not supposed to be jumping off of boats. But people do this stuff. You know, there's this viral trend that goes out there, and then people just they they try to mimic this thing. They go out, they get hurt, and it drives whole fashion industries and everything else. And and frankly, you shouldn't be basing your life on what TikTok or any other social network is trying to tell you to do because there are paid brand influencers. There are paid content creators that are paid a lot of money to push something on you. This is a small subset of this, uh, but my former and sometimes fill-in producer, Alyssa, uh, she's amazing, but she makes money on TikTok by promoting music. And she actually does fairly well. So there are these apps that will pay you money to use a specific song in your TikToks. So if you're going to create a TikTok, some of those songs have like, hey, I want you to create this type of content with this. You know, there's a trend that I want you to use this music for. Other people don't care how you use the music, just use it in something. And then you get awarded dollars for actually posting that. And she's she's made hundreds of dollars doing this. So, you know, for her, it's she's already on TikTok anyway. So why not use one of these songs and some of the videos that she's making and she can make some extra scratch. What that does, though, is it pushes that music out to a brand new audience that would not have listened to it otherwise. And then hopefully it catches on and it goes viral and then that musician's life is completely changed as a result of this song becoming famous. Well, the same thing happens for products and the same thing happens in politics. You know, there's people who are never on TikTok who suddenly are on TikTok overnight. They have you know, millions of followers, and all they do is push a political party's talking points. They're paid operatives. That's that's all it is. We're, the first time I went viral on TikTok was in response to the Biden administration's lie that it was the Putin price hike. And remember what Biden did? He went out there and he found these TikTok influencers, and he had them going out there and regurgitating the talking points that inflation and gas prices were going up because of the war in Ukraine ignoring the fact that they were already at record highs months before the war in Ukraine happened. And in fact, we had record gas prices in in Biden's second month in office. So uh, I should say it might have been interest rates, not gas prices. So don't quote me on that. I have to go back and look at the data. But I went viral the first time by responding to those influencers who are a lot bigger on TikTok than I am. And so you you go out there, you pay money to these people, and they are able to not just push an agenda, but they're able to push products and completely change the culture in the process. Because you got young people that are on there, and it's like, wow, everybody is doing this this thing on their lips that makes their lips all poofy. And so now I want to go ahead and get that thing, or I want to do this fashion trend, or I want to have this political opinion because some celebrity told me this sort of thing. Well, guess what else it does? And I know it's hard to wrap your brains around this because most of you are common sense type people and you think fairly logically about the world, but it can also get people to swap their genders out. And I know some of your Casey, that's that's a little extreme. You telling me that TikTok can get people to swap genders. I I won't tell you that. How about that? Yes, 
It can, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to let somebody who says it happened to them tell you that. As the transgender zeitgeist continues, we can no doubt expect more and more stories of young people who are mentally shanghaied by social media into embracing a twisted and life-changing ideology. Ask Eskridge. Like many young people today, Ash unfortunately found herself suffering from depression at age 12. She found solace on TikTok, she said, specifically in videos in which influencers were saying how that transitioning saved their life. This is her saying, this is a direct quote, saying how that transitioning saved their life. She came to believe that herself, that she herself needed to transition to a boy in order to cure her depression. That was the only way that she was going to be happy. So that's what she did. Now, keep in mind, she she really didn't have gender dysphoria. She was depressed. She was 12 years old, and 12-year-olds do not understand the world. They barely understand their own lives, their own existence beyond half an hour to an hour. Okay, they're 12. But she was depressed and she didn't know why. TikTok told her why. Now, we've done the research on this. Well, I should say we haven't done the research, but we presented the research to you on this several times. And I know that Instagram had a whole legal case about it a year or so ago. TikTok pushes transitioning content on underage users. Now, this has been studied by research firms in the United States. They will push self-harm. They will push suicidal videos. And they will push transitioning videos on users under the age of 15. The algorithm does it automatically based on the user. This is another reason why your kid shouldn't be on TikTok. And again, this is, call it tinfoil Tuesday, whatever you want to call it, folks. This is China's attempt to weaken our country. No, I'm not saying for those of you who might be trans or what have you, that that's what this whole thing is, that it's all a myth and you're not real. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that China has a very specific goal of weakening our society. And so what they do is they prey upon our kids. They make them depressed by pushing content that does it. They promote self-harm. They promote things that would weaken our country to young, impressionable minds. So this 12-year-old girl is depressed. She doesn't know why she's depressed. She doesn't understand what's going on. TikTok's algorithm pushes this type of content to them. The algorithm notices that she's watching this type of content and they push more to her and she becomes convinced that her depression must be caused by her being in the wrong the wrong body. And so she transitioned. Her parents, very unfortunately for her, were very supportive of her decision. They began dressing and acting, uh, dressing her and, and letting her act like a boy. That was at 12. At 16, she began taking testosterone. Of course, we know what happens when you take testosterone if you're a biologist. Ash was not happy with the changes that the synthetic hormones did to her body. The new body hair felt gross. Her, her voice deepened and it made her uncomfortable. She says nothing about it felt natural. That's because it isn't. In April of this year, she decided to abandon her transition and detransition after having a dream about being a girl. She has since become a sharp and persistent critic of the transgender cult, and it is a cult. And I'm talking about the predatory people in this. I know people who are trans. I've known people who are trans since before we even knew what to call them. I'm from Las Vegas. They're, they're, when I say common, I only mean that you run into them with more regularity than you do pretty much anywhere else. And I know people who have actual gender dysphoria. And I have known them my entire life, and, and I will, for the, the sake of the Fort Wayne audience, repeat myself because they probably haven't heard it. The transgender people that I have known for many years hate that this is happening and people are preying upon children. 
They hate it. They oppose it. They are active in in the movement to fight against it. Gays Against Groomers is a national organization. I think it's international now, actually, of people who are on all different sides of the political spectrum with one unified goal of keeping people from praying upon children. You have allies. Even if you are the staunchest religious zealot, you have allies in the LGBTQ community who want to protect your kids from predatory behavior. And it doesn't do anybody any good to pretend otherwise because it's, it's disingenuous and it's dishonest. And I, one of the things that I don't want to happen is I don't want you to get to a point where you hate everybody who's gay, you hate everybody who's trans or whatever, when a lot of them are on your side. She says that um, she noted that her attempts at being a boy led her to misery and drug use. Reflecting on that destructive behavior, she said, I assumed this was because I wasn't male enough, but it's really because I wasn't a male at all. So Ash is yet another individual who is detransitioning, and we wish Ash um, well. And it actually looks like the detransition is going fairly well for her, which is great. Uh, Chloe Cole is, is somebody who is come to our state and for those of you on the indiana side and has actually talked about uh, people who detransition we you know an organization that i work with um we brought walt hire in town to talk about it walt hire has basically been leading the charge on detransitioning for decades and nobody knew who he was he's been doing it alone he's got thousands thousands of people who are detransitioning and the news media wants to pretend that they don't exist that they're not real there have been people who have testified before Congress just a few weeks ago who said there's nobody who detransitions. It's not a real thing. Really? Because Walt Heyer has thousands of people who've been detransitioned. We had him on this show. He was in town. But I want you to be aware of this. I want you to be aware of this if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, um, if you have somebody who might be going through this. But I also want you to be aware of this if you're a younger person who may be going through something right now and you don't understand why you're going through it and you're just searching for answers. And here's the thing. There are people who want to prey upon you for various reasons and they're going to offer you false answers because, well, they want to grow their own community so they have more power and it may not be the right answer for you. There are those who they know definitively what it is, have always known what it is. But then when you have 12-year-olds who are confused, don't understand the world, don't understand themselves, don't understand the, the concepts of society and biology and all of that, which 12-year-olds do not. It is very easy to mislead them. And when you have parents who are, air quote, supportive and do this stuff at 12 and they help them along, all you're doing is taking away their, their off-ramp. So the research, this is what the research shows. Within six years, over 70%, that is a seven and a zero. Within six years, over 70% of the LGBTQ identifying community within six years of first identifying as such will transition back to being your typical heterosexual human being. The least likely group to do that are gay men. It's only like 8.9%. But the acronym keeps growing because they want to include as many people as possible. And for those of you who haven't heard me say this before, 100% of the population right now can, if you choose to, identify in the LGBTQ community with one of the letters in the acronym because their acronym already covers everybody. That includes if you, who is that, Amelia, probably, who's the, um, who's that famous singer who became non-binary and now she's back to being female? Demi Lovato. Okay, Demi Lovato was a very attractive woman. She went through the I'm non-binary phase, right? 
Now she's transitioned back into being a woman. And she says it's because explaining the they, them thing was exhausting. No, it isn't. You realized it was bunkus and you went back to being a woman. Demi Lovato is a very attractive person. But when Demi Lovato was non-binary and identified as they, them, if you're a heterosexual man and you are attracted to her, guess what? You are now in the LGBTQ community. They have a letter assigned for you. And the idea is to grow anybody. It's a gang. It's a gang recruitment tactic, very cultish. Whatever you identify as, we have a letter for you and you're a part of our community. You were marginalized, but now you have the rainbow. And more and more people are starting to realize that they were preyed upon. And yes, social media plays a big, big role in this. And I know your kids, they, oh, everybody else has a cell phone. Everybody else is on TikTok. Everybody else has an Instagram. Everybody else has this. You know, go to my Facebook page, please. Pinned to the top in the featured posts is a podcast that I did in September of last year. Online porn is not the problem. It is the symptom. And I just ran into a, another major conservative influencer the other day who does not understand what's happening in our society. Porn's the problem. Porn's the problem. Porn's the No, it is not. It is the symptom. There are a list of very specific things that lead to pornography abuse and you can't just ignore those and run to the pornography abuse and then blame that industry for what has been happening because people wouldn't even be in that realm if it were not for these other things that happen first and if if we are as a society will not address them we will continue to have problems like this and yes this is connect i assure you i didn't go off the beaten path it is connect but it all starts with social media and going after young people every single solitary bit of it got more coming up 95.3 mnc the all-new mnc nation and 92.3 fm 1190 am whoa, whoa. Uh, we got some climate types on the uh, the live stream on Rumble. Somebody's predicting a cooling trend for the next six months in uh, North America. <laughs> it's all climate change. Everything is climate change. People are still on the uh, the tire thing. Let's talk about the YMCA. The YMCA has banned a 16-year-old girl, and she got kicked off of the swim team for objecting to a naked man being in the women's locker room. So that's nice. Uh, Riley Gaines is, of course, all over this story. Riley Gaines, the collegiate swimmer. So this is in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, let's see. Uh, this time, okay. Springfield, Illinois, where a young men's Christian association has reportedly done something truly insane. Wow! 16-year-old girl banned from YMCA and kicked off of her swim team for opposing a naked male in their locker room. And to make matters worse, her older sister had to go through the exact same thing with Leah Thomas, but it's not Quote, not really happening, Riley Gaines says. So they accused the 16-year-old girl of hate speech because she, as a young lady, had a problem getting undressed with a naked man present, and then they kicked her off of the swim team. Uh, apparently, because apparently saying, that dude who says he's a woman has a, you know what, and I don't want to get naked in front of him. That was labeled as hate speech, and she was kicked off of the team. You remember when they told you that they didn't want to go into the locker rooms with your daughters? Remember that? It's funny how things change, huh? Look, you're gonna you're gonna have to either stand up for your kids, or you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with the consequences later. Casey Hendrickson here, 95.3 MNC in the all new MNC Nation, covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM in the all well not all new, but at 11:90 AM as well. We got more coming up in just a couple of minutes. You can follow me online at Casey the host on your favorite social network. Doesn't matter what that social network is. I am trying to rebuild my Twitter. I'm active on Truth Social. I'm on the new threads, although I think it's a garbage platform, but uh, Twitter is is probably the place to follow me right now. Casey the host. Casey Hendrickson.
Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. And I want to thank those three radio stations for joining us. But then we've got a couple more to add in. Five radio stations in total today. I'm also filling in for Pat Miller on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM WoWo in Fort Wayne. want to thank them for joining the show. If you prefer to watch the program and hang out with the live chat and have discussions with other listeners, you can go to rumble.com slash KC the host. Okay, let's take a look at the censorship issue. This is... um. This is interesting because this is this is the Biden administration just going all out on we want the ability to censor the American people. And the news media not at all having a conniption fit because the news media has been, frankly, spearheading censorship efforts for many, many years now while hiding behind the protection of the First Amendment themselves. They used to tell you that Trump, by simply saying they were fake news, was violating the First Amendment somehow which of course is absurd. The news media didn't care when Barack Obama actually went after journalists, when Barack Obama put journalists in prison, when Barack Obama actually hacked into journalists' computers and stole their documents and and never returned them. They didn't care anything about that. Uh, Donald Trump never did anything to the press but badmouth them after they badmouthed him. That was it. And it was a constant barrage of he's somehow infringing upon their First Amendment rights, which was never true, never accurate. Joe Biden has infringed upon the First Amendment rights of reporters as well. But the censorship of you is what is so interesting. Little review before we dive into what's happening here with this local, not local, but this uh, this new thing. The Twitter files. After Elon Musk took over Twitter, he started releasing a ton of information about what had happened at Twitter before he took over the company. One of the things that we discovered is that the Biden administration was deeply involved with censorship efforts on the platform. The Biden administration would threaten Twitter. We found this out about Facebook as well, but they would threaten them with, you know, not just like legal penalties and things like that, but they would threaten them with government power. If you didn't do what they told you to do, if you didn't take down the content that they wanted you or told you to take down, you were going to incur the wrath of the federal government. We have emails of Biden administration officials making this threat specifically, angrily, and over. We have internal communications from Twitter personnel about how uncomfortable they felt removing information that they admit was accurate and was protected under the First Amendment. But they still went along with it and removed it anyway. There was even a moment early on when this started happening that they really were considering pushing back on the Biden administration's censorship of people. But ultimately, they chose to go along with it because they were still in Camp Biden and they they removed it acknowledging full well in their internal communications that it did not violate any any policies, it wasn't illegal, and frankly, wasn't even misinformation. There was one point in time where the Democrats were pushing a disproven lie, and they were actively seeking the censorship of anybody who rebuffed that lie, and Twitter personnel were communicating with one another, going, what they're telling us to do is not accurate, and what what they want us to promote is not true. But they still did it anyway. And Twitter didn't fight back. Twitter didn't warn the public that this was happening, that prominent Democrat officials in Congress and in the White House were pushing this effort. They didn't They didn't do anything until Elon Musk took the platform over. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg has acknowledged that they removed true and accurate information at the request of the federal government. And as a result, we've, we've got 
this case where you have a judge saying, hey, Biden, you're not going to censor the American people anymore. You can't have these communications with social media platforms demanding censorship, these back channel pipelines that you've created, these secret channels. And again, these were secret channels that were created. There's infrastructure that was developed and put into place so that the social networks, particularly Twitter, the social networks could communicate directly with the FBI and the White House and prominent members of Congress. And they would make these requests and Twitter would rubber stamp those things left. And additionally, what we have figured out, in spite of Biden filing the appeal here because he really, really, really wants to censor you. Make no mistake, that's what the appeal is. The court has said that the White House does not have the authority and does not have the power to contact a private entity and demand that they censor Americans' free speech. That is what a federal court has ruled. The Biden administration has appealed and said, yes, we do. And they're basically claiming a compelling government interest for um, for mass harm. That is what they're they're claiming. So that is the, the whole appeal argument that the Biden White House is saying. Because information can cause harm, we have a right as the government to censor information. Now, if they win that case at the higher court level, and thank God they won't, because frankly, Trump fixed a lot of the courts. But if they were to win that case, you realize what that what precedent that sets. First Amendment goes away. Checks and balances goes away. The federal government will have effectively argued in a federal court in this alternate reality that I'm presenting to you right now, would have said the federal government has a right to censor speech if the government believes it could cause mass harm. And we already know what they will say mass harm is. If you go back in time and you go back to the, the Cold War, I mean, mass harm could have been a whole host of things. In the modern era, it could be all the accurate things that people like me posted during COVID, including the scientific research that disproved local health officials and all those health officials who were lying and all the new updates that have come out even just in the past two weeks. That was all seen as conspiratorial and it all ended up being accurate. And what was the reason that they removed you, even if what you said was true, and Facebook and Twitter have all admitted this. We removed it anyway because it could cause vac vaccine hesitancy, okay? That's not really relevant. It's accurate information and I have a right to post it. Yes, it's accurate information, but it might cause somebody to be hesitant about getting their 45th jab and... Well, we don't like that. And of course, now they're cautioning you against getting any booster shots. They don't want you to get COVID booster because they've figured out that it's starting to cause some serious issues, particularly with long COVID, because you can get long COVID from the vaccine, which is something they told you was a conspiracy theory and now has been confirmed with multiple studies. And it's now mainstream press saying, holy smokes, the vaccines cause long COVID because it's the same spike protein. But in addition to the Biden administration demanding the ability to censor you online with this, uh, this federal appeal, the Biden administration is also making the case to be able to censor you and your social media posts on behalf of foreign powers such as Ukraine. A 27-page report released on Monday by the House Judiciary Committee revealed more alleged social media censorship from the Biden administration, this time in a concerning collaboration between the FBI and the Ukrainian spy agency, the SBU. Okay, so the Ukrainian spy agency and the FBI are working together to flag U.S. social media accounts, including multiple journalists and even the United States State Department's own account. Folks, we have a foreign power working with the Federal Bureau of Investigation to censor the social media posts of not only journalists, but our own State Department's official social media accounts. I'm going to let that sit there and emanate for just a minute. I'm going to give you more on this coming up.
News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, the all-new MNC Nation, as well as filling in for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM and 1190 AM WoWo. Can you cue my audio, Amelia? Listener reminded me of this. We played it several times on the show, and and this kind of goes into what we're talking about with the censorship and all of that stuff. This is Maxine Waters many, many, many moons ago. She's talking about then-President Barack Obama. The president has put in place an organization that contains the kind of database Mm -hmm. that no one has ever seen before in life. That's going to be very, very powerful. And whoever... In terms of the Organizing for America that he's now shifting to become a 501c4. That's right. That's right. And that database will have information about everything on every individual in Mm -hmm. ways that it's never been done before. Yep. And that is really where they've been going. And, you know, look, I know a lot of people don't want to admit Republicans are way behind on this stuff. Way behind. So the FBI... And the the intelligence agency of Ukraine, the SBU, are working together on censoring journalists and even official government accounts on social media for the United States. Although the SBU's list contained American accounts, neither the FBI nor Meta appeared to raise concerns about the provenance of the SBU's, quote, disinformation registries. Instead, the FBI demonstrated a willingness to support and implement the SBU's calls to take down certain accounts even though the request included U.S.-based accounts, according to this report from Congress. Now, again, if you have the audacity to come out and, and if you're an official you know, federal account for the United States government, or if you're a journalist and you go, hey, the offensive in Ukraine is, has stalled, um, it's largely been a disaster, Ukraine is pulling the armored forces back from the front, and they're, they're gearing up for a defensive posture, which is 100% accurate in what's been happening, well, then the SBU will contact the FBI, they will contact Google, they will contact Twitter, they will contact, you know, uh, Meta, and they will try and censor those accounts, including the accounts of journalists in the United States. And again, the State Department official social media accounts also showed up on this list. Uh, FBI agent uh, Alex Alexander, spelled weird, uh, Kobzanet, who until last year was based in Kiev, allegedly played a leading role in sent 10 batches of requests to Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram, in a single month. He also sent SBU requests to Google, which owns YouTube, He also sent them to Twitter. On March 14th of 2022, the agent sent an email to Meta employees writing, please see attached a request from the SBU. Again, that's Ukrainian intelligence containing Facebook and Instagram accounts believed to be spreading disinformation. So what if they are? The irony of a Ukrainian government entity complaining about social media accounts spreading misinformation is hysterical because all the Ministry of Defense for the Ukrainian government has done is spread misinformation from the beginning of the conflict. Snake Island, Ghost of Kiev, uh, the hotel bombing, or not hotel, hospital bombing, the nuclear plant bombings. None of those were real. The SBU requested your review and if appropriate deletion slash suspension of these accounts. This is the FBI using one of those back channels that were discovered during the Twitter files that Mark Zuckerberg and everybody now admits are true. Mark Zuckerberg admits that they removed accurate information from social media simply because the federal government made the request. And a lot of times that federal government agency was the FBI. So this is the FBI using that same back channel communications to social media companies and telling them Ukrainians intel Ukraine's intelligence agency doesn't like these accounts and these posts. So please remove them or suspend them if appropriate. 
and passing it on because we think they're spreading disinformation. Folks, it would not matter if those social media accounts were spreading disinformation. You have a right to post them. The FBI, at the request of the SBU, flagged for uh, flagged for social media companies the authentic accounts of Americans, including a verified U.S. State Department account and those belonging to American journalists. Ukraine's intelligence apparatus requested that the FBI request to social media companies to censor the accounts of American journalists and even a verified United States State Department account. Think about that. And the FBI did it. Remember what I was talking about with Zelensky at the beginning of the show? Zelensky is going to be a bad guy if he isn't already. He's going to be a villain. The FBI and SBU repeatedly requested the removal or suspension of authentic accounts expressing unambiguously pro-Ukrainian views, as well as those voicing opposition to Russian President Vladimir Putin. At times, the FBI would even follow up with the relevant platform to ensure that these accounts, quote, were taken down. So even pro-Ukrainian accounts... Even anti-Russian accounts were still being targeted because maybe they were posting accurate information. It's, it's crazy stuff. I mean, it's, it, if this were a Hollywood movie, a lot of you would would have discounted it as so outlandish to be an unbelievable plot twist just 15, 20 years ago. And now, I mean, right now, it's gosh, you're looking at it and you're going, hey, this is this is our everyday reality at this point in time. I just, I wish, I wish, I wish. I, it wasn't the case, but this is where we're at. Let's not forget when the uh, the sub imploded, you know, a bunch of people were circulating posts on TikTok about sounds and things like that, pretending that those are the real sounds heard from the sub when it imploded. Those are not real. But Newsweek wrote a whole article on it. And instead of just explaining to people that it wasn't real and here's why it can't be real, Newsweek reached out to TikTok and other social media platforms and asked them why they weren't censoring these posts. That's Newsweek's official take on it. The Ukrainian intelligence agency is censoring the United States State Department on social media in the United States. MNC News time is 529. Time to check out impressed jewelry creations creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime from the b window studios 40 years and 80,000 families trust your home to the b casey hendrickson Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on 92.3 FM at 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa. Also want to thank the MNC Nation. Five radio stations total today. So thank everybody for being in the audience. Do appreciate it. You can also watch the live stream on Rumble. You can go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. That is our primary live streaming home. We are also on kick.com. If you are on kick, you can go ahead and follow us there as well. So it's entirely up to you at Casey, the host. All right, let's talk about Indianapolis and the uh, the dumb, stupid idiots that are on the city county council there. I know that the show will get into Indianapolis from WoWo because I when I did WoWo afternoons uh, many, many years ago, every time I would talk about something that would happen <clears throat> in Indianapolis, I would get uh, one of the politicians in Indianapolis who would call the show. I mean, it was always nice to hear from them. But you have, you know, dumb, stupid people doing dumb, stupid things. And Casey, that's not uh, that's not polite. I don't care. Stop being polite to people that are not interested in being polite to you. They don't want to treat you with any dignity. They want to take your rights away. From you. Don't be nice to them. Don't play this silly game of you have to play by the rules. You have to be nice. You have to be polite. You have to be professional. And then they don't. The high road is for losers. People who take the high road in modern politics lose. 
I suppose you have your dignity. You can have your dignity while you're sitting in line waiting for the soup kitchen to feed you food because you're now in a communist dystopia, I suppose. The Indianapolis City County Council voted yes to pass a controversial gun ordinance during its meeting on Monday. The proposal, which cleared the committee in June, will raise the age to buy a gun in Marion County from 18 to 21 and a ban on certain types of semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns with revolving cylinders. The ordinance will also remove the concealed carry of firearms. Critics of the ordinance say that it is unenforceable. No kidding. By the way, any police officer who would enforce this, you're not a cop. You're not a cop. You're not law enforcement. You're certainly not American. This is wholeheartedly unconstitutional. Anybody who voted for this should immediately be voted out of office. Anybody who voted for this should be voted out of office for a couple of reasons, which I'll get to here in a couple of minutes. Indiana's preemption law bars ordinances from regulating the sale and the use of guns in their jurisdiction. By the way, it also does with knives, but I digress. Mayor Joe Hogsett defended the ordinance because, again, uh, Mayor Hogsett is an imbecile, saying in a statement on Monday night that the council's votes on the proposal, quote, prove that Indianapolis and his leadership won't back down from taking bold steps to protect residents and neighborhoods no uh mayor hogg said you are pro rape that's what you are let's call it what it is there are tens of thousands of rapes that are prevented every year according to the official data you can go to any criminologist at any major university and look at this data too tens of thousands of rapes that are prevented every single year by women who are armed with firearms period end of story so when you oppose their ability to have a firearm to protect themselves you are by de facto endorsing their rape and potential brutal murder later. That's what you're doing. Now, beyond the blatantly unenforceable aspect of this because of state law and the preemption, it is unconstitutional at a federal and a state level, which means it was highly irresponsible to pass this thing because it's a waste of taxpayer dollars because they will be sued and the state or the city of Indianapolis will lose. They will lose. All of the things that are in this ordinance have already been ruled by federal courts to be unconstitutional. The Fourth Circuit in 2021. Uh, we just had one that just happened in May, for crying out loud. What, what court was that? Uh, let's see. U.S. District Court Judge Robert Payne in Richmond, Virginia. There's a 71-page ruling. Payne wrote that many of the rights and responsibilities of citizenship are granted at the age of 18, including the right to vote, enlist in the military without parental permission, and serve in a federal jury. That was when they overturned a law that uh, would ban gun sales to those who were under the age of, of 21. So we've got very specific cases. You go back to 2021, the Fourth Circuit ruled it was unconstitutional to require you to be 21 to buy a handgun. Back in May of this year, federal court ruled it was unconstitutional to restrict gun sales to those who were under the age of 21, period. Blanket. Not just about handguns. So when the city of Indianapolis gets together and you got a bunch of dopey fart-sniffing imbeciles in a room sniffing each other's farts, getting high on each other's farts. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> Haven't had a sorry Pat moment yet today. Sniffing each other's farts, their brain cells dying left and right. They start mimicking the movie Idiocracy and doing dumb, stupid things. So they pass things that are not only illegal in the state of Indiana, unconstitutional in the state of Indiana, unconstitutional federally, but are also unenforceable because of state law with the preemption requirement. You're not doing anything. You're wasting everybody's time and you're going to waste the taxpayer dollars to defend this in court where you will lose and then you will go to the people of Indianapolis again. And then if you can't 
get more money from the people of Indianapolis by raising taxes because you go to them and go, oh, we have budget shortfalls. I can't figure out why. I don't know. Are you spending millions of dollars defending a stupid lawsuit because you passed an ordinance that is unenforceable and unconstitutional? Is that maybe why you have a budget shortfall? Then what they'll do is they'll go to the state of Indiana and they'll say, we don't have enough money to meet our requirements. Can the state help us out by pulling money from other areas of the state, which didn't pass unconstitutional, stupid laws because people got high sniffing each other's backsides and farts in a room late one night. People who do these things have no business being in government because they are intentionally playing politics, wasting everybody's time, wasting taxpayers' money when they're supposed to be stewards, good stewards of taxpayer money, wasting it by passing things that are illegal and unconstitutional and unenforceable and they will get sued They will have to pay to defend that. They will lose that case just as everybody else has lost that case before them. And they will not have stood on any hill. There's no moral high ground for any of these people. They want more people raped. They want more people robbed. They want more people killed. They don't want defensive use of handguns at all. They want more violent crime. They don't want you to be able to protect yourself. But beyond the the blatant gun arguments of this thing, They're just not being good representatives of the city. They're not representing their constituency, and they're passing things that are not legal and not constitutional that they will waste a lot of your money fighting in court, knowing full well that they are going to lose. Why? So they can get their fat, fart-sniffing face in front of a camera and say, see, we're just trying to save the kids. If it saves just one kid, unless we're talking about child trafficking, because that's a QAnon conspiracy, we went over that yesterday, then we don't want to save one kid. Vote every one of these people out. More coming up. 95.3 MNC, the MNC Nation, 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Whoa, whoa, I'm Casey Hendrickson.